<laughs> Welcome to the X-Men Task Podcast. My name is Willie. I'm Sonia. Katie. I'm George. Um, hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, today we have another special episode. <laughs> um, the past few weeks we've had some guest stars in light of Sonia's uh, absence. Um, Sonia, you've been in Colombia the past few weeks, um, but you're back. Back stateside. That's right. Hello. If you were to compare Columbia to one uh, location in the X-Men universe, what would it be? <laughs> um, not Muir Island, probably. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Maybe <God>. Genosha. <laughs> or the Savage Land. Maybe. Okay. Right. Um, we haven't gotten there yet, so maybe I shouldn't mention the Savage Land. But um, welcome back, Sonia. And uh, welcome, Katie and George. Um, thank you. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, so, Katie and George, <laughs> before we dive into this episode, The Cure, episode 9, um, I'm just wondering if you want to say uh, anything about this cartoon and why you're here, and if we're all wasting our time. <laughs> Not because you're here, but it's a because... question. <laughs> because... <laughs> X-Men is a worthy thing to podcast about, I think. Just the theme song alone brings yes. up so many, <laughs> so much nostalgia. Yeah, and I remember when the first pilot hit, and everyone was obsessed with it, and then the a year or two went by yeah. before the thing happened. I remember there was that huge gap, so I mean, when it came, when it came back, it was like a huge thing. But I, I also was, I remember thinking too that like, not then so much, but on reflection now and today I was thinking about it, that the X-Men from my young age seemed like the first thing that I was like, this is a really good show. <laughs> and that's so really funny because I remember when I would watch it, I'd be like, this seems a little too adult for me. <laughs> yeah. The I was X- just like, this is too much. Well, it's like you said about the theme song, it's like serious as shit. Like, the yeah. X-Men are getting down to business. In- I, was, I felt like it was a chore. Like, I was like, oh, no. Like, it felt, like, worse than homework. Like, <laughs> oh, it's going to make me, like, face adult stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, loyalty and family and morals. <laughs> like, uh. Yeah, it is, like, it is just, like, a like a lot of, like, after-school lessons with a beautiful, like, superhero mm. package. Yeah, but well, it, it's super moralistic the yeah. show. Yeah, well, I feel I imagine. I don't, I don't. I can't recall many other shows, but I feel like most shows targeted to that age group were very like heavy-handed, and this one was sort of like complex. Yeah, it was, and, like, yeah, seeped in like a cool character, like a lot mm-hmm. of cool characters. Yeah. And, yeah, I remember feeling like so loyal to Spider Man. Mm. Like that was my Spider Man. <laughs> I know we're talking about it too much in my head. Spider We call we call him Spider Man in this house. Spider Man. Yeah, it was like Spider Man. <laughs> if I, I I couldn't like one thing or the other, so it was like. I don't know. Spider Man is that's my show, but like, of course, I'd be. Well, the joke was on you because Spider Man and the X Men share a universe, the Marvel universe. <laughs> was there? Was there a, a crossover? crossover? Oh, there was a crossover, oh. a multi-episode ah, crossover. I remember that. Yes, in which which one? In, in, in Spider Man. Mm. So Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the X Men show up in Spider Man. Um, and Spider-Man makes a very fleeting guest appearance in X-Men, but not with no lines. Just if anything, sort of like they off-camera. kind of almost make fun of, or not make fun of him, but they didn't give Spider-Man the due justice. I remember that because I remember feeling like my team was losing. Like I was never into <laughs> sports, but the one sporting experience in life was like was Spider-Man. It? Not that there was a reverses, but just like I wanted them to succeed as shows. Did it have to do with him being in the papers? 
what why Spider-Man's like like, like X-Men made a small X-Men? cameo in an X-Men by being in the new No no. Universe. So all right, I, um I'll set the <laughs> record <track>. straight. <laughs> As the resident uh nerd here. Um Spider-Man uh he appears in X-Men, the sh- the X-Men show very briefly he like shoots his spider web and saves somebody when there's like a massive worldwide catastrophe going on. Um, but he's not really shown on screen. He's it's like it's off screen, but it's cool. Uh-huh. Um, and, and in that same scene, I think they show other Marvel superheroes of note. I can't remember all of them right now. But so it's it's very very like like blinking you missed it. It's like a supergroup cameo episode. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's in the Phoenix Saga. But anyway, and then but the X Men when they're on Spider Man, it's a big deal. Spider-Man goes to the X-Mansion, he meets them all, he gets into a fight with Wolverine, there's a huge misunderstanding. How it's, could you not? Yeah. Right. <laughs> guy's a jerk in the show. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man, it's cool because, uh, a cool thing about Spider-Man is, like, he, in the comics, the original 60s comics, is he never gets along with any of the, any of the other Marvel heroes, at least for the first, like, ten years or whatever, and they really capture that in the show, too. Like, he kind of hates the X-Men right away. So that's actually a really, um, that's a cool, uh, thing there. But um, anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> the episode Kala- Oh, wait. Uh, so this is The Cure. The Cure! Okay, so um, this is... Uh, <laughs> this is like the... At, to this point, this has to be the most emotionally heavy-hitting episode we have mm-hmm. thus far. It's mainly a rogue-themed episode. And we've got, like, rogue, like, crying and rogue, like, just being really... She's reflecting on her past, which is really tragic, mm. um, and her whole place in the X-Men world and the world at large. Um, it's like it's very like sad, like character study of Rogue, which is very cool. That was like my yeah. first impression. She's doing yeah. a lot of soul searching in this episode. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of like someone saying something and her being like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah." Um, and then, like, and further emphasize, like, I, I haven't like fully. I noticed it in the last episode we met Colossus, who's a guest star. Mm. But when we meet Colossus, he's got his own, like, Russian-themed music, because <laughs> he's from Russia. Excuse me. And Rogue's got, like, her own, like, musical score mm. that I think is introduced in this episode, and it will come back in later episodes, too. Mm. And I think that happens with a lot of the characters. I'm just, like, putting this together right now as I'm saying it out loud, that a lot of the characters slowly get their own musical cues, and I think that's a nice little touch, too. Like, mm. And, like, as you watch the show going forward, your brain really gets triggered when you hear, mm. like, oh, no, this is, like, you know, uh, Storm's, like, emotional moment times. Mm. Um, and so, you know they're doing it well because I can't even recall it, but I'm sure if I heard it, I'd be like, is Rogue right behind me? Well, <laughs> you were just, I'm sure you were just, like, swept away in the moment, like, Sonya, you were Definitely mentioning, was. where Rogue was, like, watching Cyclops and Jean hold hands. And she's, like, really sad. And then um, there's other moments like that, too, where she's just, like, reflecting deeply. And that's when the, the music kicks in, and it's, it's pretty sad. Um, but this episode doesn't open with Rogue. It opens with another sort of guest star, famous X-Man, who's not in the show, but only as a guest star. Um, and that's Angel, who is... Uh, the character's name is Warren Worthington III. And he's, like... His backstory is, like, he's this billionaire, like, playboy type. And um, in the comic books, he's, like, pretty happy-go-lucky, and he's not, like, as brooding and as sad. But in this show, they establish him as, like, really, like, upset and sad that he's a mutant. Mm. So um, the show starts with he's with his girlfriend in his, like, French chalet, let's say. <laughs> let's call it a chalet just to throw yeah, it right, out yeah. there. I don't know what else to call it, so yeah. let's just go to well, chalet. He, it is a chalet. What was the line that he said? He you, said you'd, 
Stepped on the wrong chalet. <laughs> Terrorizing the wrong, wrong chalet. chalet. Yeah, that's like something a real, like, um, <laughs> you know, angry billionaire I might say in his life. Get rid of these wings. If I heard that, I'd be like, is this really a chalet? <laughs> <laughs> what makes it a chalet versus sort of like a countryside estate? I don't know. Yeah, or a condo. The Alps. Right, or, right, yeah. I mean, it's just like the sort Alps of like. make it a chalet. Oh, it, oh really? Oh, I okay. Think so. But what if it's on the Swiss side? We're learning about the world. No. It's just a big Swiss <laughs> All house. The information there is. <laughs> So, uh, you know, so Angel's girlfriend um, is complaining to him that he's not, like, opening up enough, and he's really, like, distant. And um, my first thought about his girlfriend was that I'm pretty sure this is the backstory of Melania Trump. Does anyone want to comment? Definitely. She's like this Eastern like, European. It's just not enough. Like, Especially she has a thing for, like, playboy billionaires. Right, blonde billionaires. don't want to be mutants. Right, and that are, like, emotionally closed <laughs> off and have, have terrible secrets. Way too much responsibility, way too much power. <laughs> I'll just stay in New York. Thank you very much. <laughs> so let's just, I just... Let's Let's just say she's Melania Trump for the purposes of the show. I think I don't know what Does her she name, get a name is. Yeah, no, she doesn't have a name. No. So it's, it's definitely Melania, Melania Trump. Trump. She's just got like a thick, like Eastern European it accent. Looks or maybe it's French. Like or... strikingly like her. Like yeah, the yeah, animator really, really was like her an... facial features. Like well, that's because yeah. she's sort of been sculpted by the gods. Right. <laughs> <laughs> An angel would you know angel himself is like his character is like angelic. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, so he would date Except no one no less. Except like super it. bitter, which like, right. I remember even as a kid being like, that's not right. Like, yeah. He's rich. He's like this tall, handsome His power's man. not even that And he's freakish. also like, come sit to, next to me by the fire. Right. <laughs> and he has wings. I mean, is that not great? I know. I know. And he's <laughs> like, oh, I'm ostracized from society. I'm like, for your beauty. <laughs> and it's like, you hide your wings pretty well too. It doesn't yeah. seem like you're, you know, you could, you could keep it a secret. Right. And I also you was thinking, Starbucks. like, he, he <laughs> keeps his wings hidden pretty well and a giant gun. That's right. Yeah, yeah. What else is he packing? Yeah. So I have to say it. You set it up. And so I mean, so what happens is um, he's you know bitterly enjoying his French chalet, and um, and Cable, our time traveling friend from the previous episode, Slave Island, shows up. And it's a very complicated plot in this episode. He's after this guy named Doctor Adler. Um, who designed the mutant collars that were seen in Slave Island that um, the, what the mutant collars do is when a mutant wears them their powers are deactivated and also if they try to take them off they explode and blow up their heads so <laughs> Cable's after that guy he thinks Angel knows where he is because Angel is funding Adler because Angel wants Adler to find a cure for being a mutant so Cable's tracked Angel down in the Alps or wherever and they get into a big fight um, they shoot each other um, I think like Cable throws like a grenade at him or something. The, the flash, a flash grenade. Yeah, because yeah, she's all blinded too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. okay. So that sets up that whole scene. So the girlfriend Melania Trump gets blinded <laughs> by the flash grenade, picks up Angel's weapon, and accidentally shoots Angel in the chest. Yeah. And you know it's not even that bad. He's fine. He flies off into the sunset. But <laughs> it's like he's like completely. That's his, like, goodbye forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of sad. like, like, enough is enough. And she clearly is, like, doesn't care that he's mutant, you know? She's, like, into him, you know? Yeah, obviously. (laughs) She's like, I didn't mean to. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, like... (laughs) I don't know. She expressed a little more emotion than Ro, but anyway, go. Oh, yeah. You know, you're right. She's, like, pretty emotional. Yeah. Yeah. 
She's all about him. Like she, yeah, she like wants to get close to him, mm-hmm. and he pulls away, and then she accidentally shoots him. Like that's a pretty dramatic day for her. Oh yeah. So, um, but that's a pretty you know like like weird kind of like um, adult themed kind of opening in a way. You know, like two adults enjoying a romantic fire and discussion about like like secret identities and just kind of mm-hmm. like weird like militant men fighting. I don't know. I always liked how she she she's like. Uh... Don't you have a mad scientist here? And he doesn't say yes or no. He's just like, his name is this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like really concerned about Adler's reputation. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and then it's at that point that the action uh, shifts to Scotland, um, a fictional place called Muir Island. I think it's fictional. I don't think it's a real uh, island off Scotland. I guess we'll never know. We'll ne- but I'm never looking it up. <laughs> Um, and we see Professor X, uh, who is safe. In, um, if you were following along with us in the last episode, Juggernaut destroys the mansion, and the X-Men thinks that Professor X might be dead, although they discover that he made it out. He left a cryptic message that didn't tell the X-Men where the hell he was. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm, I'm away now. Do not bother me. Yeah. But it turns out he's in Scotland with, uh, with Moira, Moira. Moira McTaggart, who is his ex-girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> we don't know that yet. Though, we don't know that yet, but... yeah, but... Yeah. Spoilers, now it it, so. it, it, well, it it explains the tension when they were outside the door. Yes, yeah. there is tension. There is. Yeah, <laughs> and um, so <laughs> <laughs> there is, guys. Definitely, <laughs> I sensed it. Yeah, and but the, and and but I think it's like at this point where Professor X, while he likes Moira as a friend, he he kind of like looks down on her because mm. they're talking about Adler too. Because Adler is doing the research at Moira's lab, and Professor X is like. He's trying to kill mutants. I don't think that's a good idea. And Moore's like, I don't know. I mean, a lot of mutants might want it. He's like, how dare you? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, he says like a really like bizarre line, something like, uh, uh, being a mutant is no different than being a traditional homo sapien. Which, yeah, <laughs> it almost seemed like insulting to his own kind in a way. Yeah, like, but it, it, I, I want I want to ask you guys like, do you guys feel like traditional homo sapiens like? In, <laughs> In your everyday life, <laughs> I, I I try and wake up every morning traditional homo sapien, <laughs> very traditional. Serial, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like I, I just want to know the characteristics of what makes a traditional homo sapien. You know, just the in, words homo sapien probably only pass through my mind like <laughs> every time twice you watch X Men. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I consider myself a traditional Homo sapien, just for the record. I, just I actually put that out there. often like to say that I think I'm a Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, George, George can attest to that. I like. Do you think my forehead? Like, I think that's the shape of my skull. But she says it in pride. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, I, I think they they've. Uh, I read somewhere. Uh, that they said that there's more Neanderthal in, in us than they had realized. Than expected. Genetically, yeah. 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 So, that's it's something. Good. I just really <laughs> so like to imagine inside my, my Neanderthal grandmas getting pounded by those homo sapiens. Oh my god. So yeah. basically. <laughs> but aren't, aren't Neanderthals really good long distance runners? Oh... You know, that's... I think they are. They, they run for, like, days. I Oh, like wow. Atanarjawat. I don't know. Is that a real word? What is it that? Is, um, it's a documentary about a fast runner. It's called oh. Atanarjawat, the fast runner. Cool. Anyway, he well, runs fast. It, I mean... Spoiler. <laughs> Speaking of spoilers. Is he Mexican? Um, no, he's Native American. He might be Native, like... 
Mexican? Peruvian no, I mean, something. like, on, on the Europe side, like... <laughs> on the Euro- Native American on the Europe Not side? Not Native American, so it'd be, like, the Native, Native people European. of, like... Denmark? Denmark. I don't know. No, I no. There's, there's no way to find out once again. Yeah, no yeah. Way. well, I guess no we'll never know. We'll never know this too. She saw one because no one's gonna be able to spell Alaska. that based on this podcast. <laughs> but um, I, it's funny you bring up Neanderthals because that's actually a huge theme in the X Men universe too. Mm. Is that uh, the big fear that the humans have, and this is established in the comic books. Actually, I think in um, it's either in Grant Morrison's comics or Joss Whedon's, or they both pick up on it. Is that the fear that humans have is that uh, humankind uh, genocided the Neanderthals because oh. that that's what they say, like, oh, the dominant species comes and they wipe out the lesser species. And that, that the, that's the fear driving the humans in the present day right. is that now they're the Neanderthals, but they want to take like preemptive caution and kill and kill all the mutants because they're the next level. Well, the mutants are not ordinary homo sapiens then. He was... Well, that's what he's saying. Right? He, well, well, no, that, he's saying they are ordinary, he's but he's like, but, but not really. He's like, we're just ordinary and going to totally wipe you out. Did he say traditional, though? He said traditional. And he but, said we are like traditional? Yeah, he, he's trying to make it all about equality. So oh, he, he's like, we're not, because he's yeah. on the think, not wipe you outside. The yes, thing that like, scares yeah. me about the mutants is like, they're not like uh, the same amongst themselves. So right, like, yeah. Uh, don't you think like one would just be born with like the ability to just blow up the earth? Well, that there are mutants that have that power. They gotta to. wipe them out. <laughs> it's too dangerous. I'm, I'm, I'm actually at this point in the show. I'm I, I, I talk about this every once in a while. I'm leaning towards being anti-mutant. Yeah. Mm. Like I, I I think they're pretty too insanely dangerous. Wow. Yeah, they're really really dangerous. I don't but, know, but you know, like after sorry, but no, just, just to jump one, ahead in the episode. Please, go ahead. But Rogue, you know, discovering that her, I, you know, wanting to get rid of her powers because it makes her lonely. Like she has such a, a human cost to her powers mm. and yet she realized like she wasn't saying like great powers great responsibility or anything like mm-hmm. that just like I am my powers and yeah. my powers am me and yeah. I think it's dehumanizing de uh, traditional homo sapienizing to not allow them have their powers like I mm. I don't know I, I have to be on the pro pro mutant side on this pretty hard because I think we all have tremendous corrupt powers, <laughs> but I think that, like, it's important for us to have that individual. No, that's a, that's a beautiful point. I, I like, You're actually swinging you me back to, the other you way. You have to express it, you know, and, like, there's always a cost to being I'm a real swing self. voter. <laughs> I think from I'm an individual basis, you're right, but, like, from controlling society... I don't want to control society. I want to have freedom to reign. Well, it's not about rogue, it's about mutants. Give us liberty or give me death. <laughs> Or give me mutants, or give me an explosion. Mm-hmm. But then one of them's gonna be born, and they're just gonna be like, "If I open my eyes, the sun explodes." That's. I mean, that's basically Doctor so Xavier, right? Yeah. It'll just happen. It'll be over. Done. Yeah. So don't worry. Oh right, yeah, because it's they. They would have to get that far. What did yeah. What did yeah. Anne Rand say? The world didn't end. Or no, I didn't. The world end. is in your head. Yeah, I didn't end. The yeah. world ended around mm. die. So the you world know. doesn't. So end. actually, everyone continues. <laughs> when you on. end the world, if anything, ends. it would be a, the greatest justice to you. We're huge Anne Rand fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is turning into one of my favorite Got episodes. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's cut uh, back to uh, Westchester, New York. Uh, the X Men are still rebuilding the mansion after Juggernaut leveled it. 
Um, Colossus was helping out in the last episode, but I guess he left before they could finish. And we see Wolverine. He's like a real busybody. He's just like going from station to station, <laughs> he's bossing like people those, around. He's one of those jerk toddlers. <laughs> I, I'm going to say, rewatching it now is probably... That's the biggest surprise of the whole show is how much of a jerk Wolverine is. Because even back then, I'm like, he's totally the coolest one. Yeah. I think. Oh, I, I don't really remember. I was a big Gambit fan. Yeah, yeah I think I was, I was too. too, actually. I was never really on Team Wolverine. Oh, no, me but, oh, like, I love the Beast. I, just, I don't think it... Hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, stop trying to copy the Beast. <laughs> you just like the Beast. Yeah, they had similar haircuts, actually. Beast and Wolverine. I never picked that out. <laughs> that, yeah, like, laid yeah. out, like... Yeah. Like, I don't know what that is. I was the Beast always... rocks it, and the Wolverine looks like a tool. Why well, no. was that oh, funny? Because Wolverine's, like, costume, like, allowed his hair to be like that. Oh, yeah. Like you put the... You know what? I, I gotta defend Wolverine here. <laughs> okay, I... okay, sorry. I know. We got a lot of Wolverine fans out there. I, I, I know. I, I'm actually... I love Wolverine based on this show. Um, oh, speaking of which, we can't bash Wolverine. Uh, Cal Dodd, the voice of Wolverine, is now following us on Twitter. Oh, so... I love the Wolverine. You know what I like about Wolverine the most? <laughs> that guy's fucking awesome. <laughs> I think the voice character... Voice work is excellent. Yeah, the acting is I think is the amazing. written work for the character is also great. Yeah. yeah but just... I think the character's true characteristics well, are that of a, a, of a very annoying toddler. No, he, he's enjoying himself yeah. right now. He's like really like, he's excited to see Jean put the nails in with her mind yeah. to build the wall and storm mix so the mortar around. Yeah, yeah, because, like, I feel like he's well, dumbfounded. He read like enjoyment whatsoever. Well, only when Gambit questions him. That's when it's not enjoyment. Gambit's like, big expert. Always giving orders. Yeah, right. well, make it up for your mistakes. Go the way I read that <laughs> was like he like ran over to Jean and is like, "You're doing it wrong." No, and then had... she's like, "Watch this," and he's like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, and he had like a smile on his face. I think yeah. he likes to see her powers in action. I yeah. I would say that, like what I do love about Wolverine is that he's not ashamed to just like put it all out there what he's feeling, oh, yeah. what he's experiencing at all times, and that you know can come <laughs> across annoying. when yeah. you're trying to you're build right. a house. It's because he's like he's but... very like emotionally like yeah. he's like an, his emotional wound. Extremely insecure. That's what I felt like. He's had a traumatic life. Yeah. <laughs> With and you being really long. Life. Hey, he's really you know it's, he had a traumatic you, life in every version I mean, of Wolverine I've ever seen. His right. But in this episode, right. anyway, and other bits. <laughs> Well, and I just got to point out, this is another instance of white-on-white racism on Wolverine's part, because he really gets into Gambit's, like, eth- well, I don't know about his oh, ethnicity, but his yeah. culture or whatever. Like, he calls him Gumbo, calls him Cajun, and, like, really de- uh, derisively, too, which is kind of like, if he was anything else, it would, like, probably be way more offensive. Like, I wonder if people who are Cajun, like, would be offended, like, with Wolverine's antics of oh, yeah. picking on Gambit in that I way. I know I am, clearly. <laughs> are you? <laughs> Wait, are you Cajun or are you offended? Which one? I guess neither. <laughs> neither, okay. Um, and they have a really funny fight, uh, Wolverine and Gambit there. Um, they almost kill each other again. Like, Wolverine pops his claws. And, um, it's he hides very... behind those claws. Yeah. yeah. There's the, uh, the, uh, like, scanning through the other episodes of the episode, he, like, mm-hmm. goes to a bar and he drinks, and, like, the second there's a fight, he's like, fight these! Swing! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he can't help himself. He just... Like, if he didn't have those claws, he'd be nothing. Yeah. Well, uh, no, no, that's not true. <laughs> that's the vibe. That's that's what he's projecting. No, okay, no, he'd still be. He's been a mutant super. a long time before he had the claws. Right. Well, he always had the bone claws, but I, that's to a me, I he's was just actually... like this kid with a gun. You know, he's just like <laughs> he's really he's not, he's not, he's he not the, ter- the term trigger happy versus gun happy. You know, okay. he's like very gun happy. It, it reminds me of that character in Stripes. That's like real, like when do I get my gun kind of thing. Oh, okay. And yeah. when he has the gun, he's just always like putting in people's. You're right. Yeah. It's kind of something like that. Gun happy. Yeah. 
but he's got a big heart, though. Um, oh, he's got the biggest heart. Right. And then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does. Right after Rogue. Right. Okay, so that's where transition to the next scene. I love their friendship. Oh, that's, how do you like... <laughs> Wait, which, whose friendship? The um, Rogue and Wolverines. Really? I feel... Yeah. Like, I feel like he... Because he's always like, hey, kiddo. Like, I don't know, he, like, throws her, oh, like, talking about, Are you, like, talking more about, like, the movie? Like, their Is friendship? It, am I, like, yeah. mer- No, that's fine. I think it's no. completely different in the movie. Well, in the movie, yeah. it's like a it's like a mentor like situation because she's young and he's like. But the... they do seem similar to me. Like I guess in their emotional rawness. No? Yes. I no, no, they they're both damaged. I mean, that's like a great thing about the show. They're all emotionally damaged in one way they're or another. They're both like chronic down the line. Too. Yes. I yes. Think that's, you're right. That, maybe that's what yeah, I mean. It's like yeah. There there is a bond that you sense, and maybe that's why the movie kind of put that together is because yeah, they've got unrequited love. Uh, Wolverine and Rogue, well, different unrequited loves. I didn't pick up on any of that. This episode? <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Or just like in their character. Well, well even both. in this well, episode was shown because... Wolverine pines after Jean, who he can never have because yes. yeah. she's with Cyclops. And, well, I don't know if Rogue pines after Gambit, but she's... I don't think she pines after some person in particular. I think right. she's just got this like general void. Right, because she, yeah. wants, lo- yeah. she wants to experience love and like affection and like closeness and she can't. Because of her power. Just one night. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, I mean, in this scene, so Professor X tells the X-Men via, like, Wizard of Oz vidcam that, um, you know, uh, there's a cure for mutants out there. Uh, I'll keep you informed. And Wolverine, like, like right away speaks to the whole group. He's like, we don't want no cure. We love being mutants. Nobody <laughs> nobody from this group's going to defect. And Rogue's, like, crying, crying immediately. Yeah. Like, she yeah. sees Cyclops and... I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, their relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it. Okay, go on. All right, yeah. Like, Who else? You know, what is, what is, what is his he last line? He keeps, like, yeah, digging it in. He's like, why would anyone want that? Why, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it couldn't possibly make you any yeah, lonelier than... Really she not. can screw nails into the wall without using her hands. <laughs> she just screws and screws. He's like, <laughs> I can never get hurt. <laughs> I live forever. It's great. Does anyone else want ice cream? <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, and then there's a scene where, uh, uh, I love the scene where we like cut to the, like the X-Men barn and Cyclops and Jean are in their spandex, like, like, um, spooning each other and, (laughs) oh yeah. And Jean's the only one that picked up that Rogue was sad that, uh, Mm -hmm. over her powers. She's like, I sensed it with my powers. It's like, or he just looked at her face. Yeah. Right after she yeah. stormed just, out of the room. Just used logic that her powers that, must loudly suck. Weeping. Bought that tourist guide yeah. to Muir Island. So Rogue hops in her like red convertible um, and decides to drive to Muir Island. Or, well, drive to the airport, I guess. No, she flew. Well, oh, no, but first she drives. She gets in her car. And then Gambit yeah, leaps yeah. over the like 20-foot high cement wall over the mansion and like one like amazing athletic swoop and lands in her driving convertible (laughs) just to harass her one last time just to hit on her (laughs) and so my question to the group here is do you think Gambit is being cruel by continually hitting on Rogue or is he being genuine Mm. is he like teasing or is he or is he like I mean like because Rogue's like hot and Gambit's hot (laughs) they're both like you know they're both from the south they're like a perfect match if only Rogue could touch his skin (laughs) I think he's being genuine. You think yeah. you don't? So you don't think he's harassing her in a way that's like cruel, like making fun of her? Like he's harassing her in a cruel way, but it's not that he's not genuine about his. Affection <laughs> for her. I think. Yes. I think basically he would kiss her. I think that's the. Oh, idea. He yeah. would too. And, exactly. he, and yeah. he would even if he gets electrocuted. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. 
He's yeah. like, yeah, give me some of that. It's, you know? Yeah, he's like, yeah. it's worth, worth it. The, yeah, yeah. It, maybe it's worth the risk. No. He's yeah. like, I kind of like the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she throws Gambit out of her convertible. Um, she's really disgusted with him. Then she, like, sits on an airplane's wing that's flying to Scotland. Can we just talk for a second yeah. about how she gets there? Yeah. You notice when she flies, she, like, has to put one fist up in the air yeah, to she, go? she's like Superman or Why? Supergirl. Why does that have to happen? Because she's she just, aiming like... herself. <laughs> <laughs> Stick her head up in the. Okay. I mean, right. that's like that, she's very vulnerable. <laughs> that's something uh, that I think I, I'm probably wrong about this, but I think Christopher Reeve invented that when he portrayed Superman. Mm-hmm. That he put like a fist in front of him to like to pivot on the axis of his body, and there's like a weird acting choice. Hmm. Although that was probably drawn in the comics too. Superman probably was shown flying that way. Probably, but yeah. anyway, but that's <laughs> that's, anyway, my that's how she gets to the airplane. Well, if you can hit a bird before hitting your. Face. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's just punching birds. Yeah, yeah. It gives you the opportunity to punch a bird. Right. (laughs) Um, All right. On the page two here. Okay. So she's sitting on the airplane wing. Yeah, she's flying to Scotland. That's how she gets there. It's kind of clever Um, because she's seeking Adler. She wants to cure. Um, And then we're in Scotland and we're at this bar populated by a lot of uh, crazy mutants. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I love it too. We meet Pyro (laughs) and Avalanche. Like, two, like, doofy, like, B-level villains. <laughs> Pyro's wearing, like, this bright yellow and red spandex outfit, um, and he controls fire. And Avalanche is wearing this, like, silver football outfit, and he, like, shoots, like, earthquake beams out of his hands. Do you know, like, uh, Pyro? He's got, like, those... Mm-hmm hoses yeah. attached yeah. or something yeah. what what is that so pyro uh he has like a gas i mean he has like a tank of gasoline on his back because he can't create fire he can only control it okay so he shoots fire out of mm. like his hand nozzles it's like flame torch or a, is that right flame torch no. it just seems <laughs> no. to me that flame like thrower? Flame, thrower. flame thrower yeah flame thrower yeah. Yeah. seems yeah. like you wouldn't need a superpower right seems like you could just have that right but he well, controls the fire. Yeah, he turns into, like, birds and tigers and stuff. Like, he controls yeah. He makes designs out of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fire artist. Yeah. Okay, he didn't start. But in that, in that episode, like, whenever he did it, just the fire went straight as it seems like it would. Yeah. But I guess that power is he could do more. Right. He can get real specific. Yeah. You know. Well, in the movie, he can, like, he can turn corners. And he doesn't and... get burned by it. Yeah, also, yeah. I, I think right. he's kind of like, but... he's probably a little invulnerable to fire. Oh, yeah, I, he's in the movies. Well, in the yeah. movie, he's like a punk kid from America, not like a limey British man, which right. is way funnier, in my Wait, opinion. Is that, is that Fantastic Four? Is that... Well, that's the, you're thinking of the Human Torch, who's different. He turns into fire. Right, right. And can shoot fire. It's different. Right, this guy just controls it. Um, so, you know, they're in this bar, too. Um, they meet Rogue. They start hitting on her, too. So she's, like, kind of sexually harassed wherever she goes, which is... I like that about the show, because mm-hmm. she's drawn so, like, beautifully... Mm-hmm. And the show acknowledges it that she's like hot to trot, like not you know it's not like <laughs> so hot. <laughs> she's so hot. <laughs> um, and I know I, I like that. I mean, because it's like a touch of realism in a way, you know. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's unrealistic how beautiful she is, and sort of, but I mean, not really, but it's realistic the way people respond to her. Yeah, yeah, but it's also realistic the way she responds yes. to other people because they're trying to like. Yeah. Talk to her, basically. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're hating like, on her. You know, like they're harassing her a little bit, and she just like barely has to move. She like sticks out an arm and just like flings the guy like yeah. through the wall. She throws like, Pyro through a concrete you know, like, wall, and then Avalanche like through the concrete wall into the ocean, 
and which attempt, essentially is attempted murder in Masashi. I mean, she doesn't know this guy's going to survive. Like, a, but to her, it's like swatting flies. She's like, it's not even a big deal. Just... Yeah, I mean, but she's like really kind of emotionally unhinged in this episode. She's just not letting anything get in her way or anybody. It's funny. She's sort of like aware that like these people might not be mutants and they might have families. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She attempts. She mur- almost murders these guys, and she thinks nothing of it. So I mean, that's kind of. But okay, whatever. I mean, she probably knows they're going to be okay. Well, they deserved it. They did. They, and they are. They're very bad. I mean, she she has a sense that they they're are evil. bad guys. <laughs> if you're ever going to harass a woman, you deserve it. Um. And then. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, and then uh, Rogue bashes into Adler's lab. Um. He tells her to go away, but she just knocks down this like six feet like thick deep steel door um because she's super strong and that seemed a little bit even stranger to me than the destroying of the two men at the bar like yeah why she could have knocked a little bit more yeah i know like like, this is like the guy she wants a favor from yeah come back tomorrow she's just like slam door (laughs) give me what i want now yeah Yeah, she's just like really like i flew all the way here very easily she's obsessed (laughs) she is just well she's at a desperate breaking point like this is why i like this episode very dramatic yeah and um but you know uh Adler is hiding, so Rogue flies away. But it turns out Adler, dun dun dun, is Mystique in disguise. Uh, Mystique, who we know can change into different like people, and um, Mystique, we learn, is the slave of slave of Apocalypse in this show. And this is Apocalypse's uh, amazing introduction. Now, Apocalypse is like this, like ten foot tall, like half robot, half purple mutant man. Who is? He's got like a clown face. Right. He's yeah. like yeah, his clown face. He's, he's like five thousand years old, and he speaks in what? like cryptic like. But we don't know weirdisms. all that about him yet. Well, the, his first. There's li- so much I want to know about him, by the way. Okay, <laughs> I know a lot about him if you want to know. Oh man! Well, but when it ended, and he's like, the, "What was his li- his?" He says line he again? says something. The very well, end? Yeah, is it too uh, early for that? Well, let's let's get okay, to we'll his. Wait, we'll, wait. But his first opening line is. Um, he says, like all people, she's a fool, but yeah. will use the machine to turn her into my slave, referring to Rogue. And, you know. Ooh. Which is funny because he's lumping the mutants in with the traditional yes. homo Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, right, he's right. a more evolved, mm-hmm. right, yeah. yeah. And also using, like, very power tactics, mm-hmm. like using machines, mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. To control the <laughs> maybe, population. Maybe he's the singularity. <laughs> I, well, I he think thinks he is. He is the embodiment he he of the singularity. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, he yeah. thinks he's God. That's the backstory. Is that Ooh. he's from ancient Egypt? Um, he oh, well, then he he's been alive for thousands of years. He's kept alive by like magical technology um, and mutant powers. Fascinating. And he like the the backstory is that like a lot of human history, like mythology and religion, is based off him. In the X universe. Oh, okay. Like, that's where the whole four horsemen of the apocalypse comes from, is from him. And that's why he wants Rogue. He wants to create a new four horsemen of the apocalypse. So he's, like, super, like, cryptic and ancient and, like, full of mystery and stuff. And I was in my uh, storage space today. Yeah. And I came across this, which isn't him, but I thought it was. (laughs) No, that's Dark Side. (laughs) It's Dark. I thought it was Doctor Doom. George has pulled it. No. McDonald's yeah, he just, George just told is George. It, it's a McDonald's oh, wow. toy from back in the day. That's hilarious. So. But it's like one of four, three or four action figures I have left. 
So that's Darkseid from the DC Universe, who's actually extremely wrong similar. Universe. Yeah, we, yeah, wrong universe, George. I know, but pretty similar. Right? Well, yeah, this is the Batman podcast. Get out of here. Darkseid, there's like dark. I feel like this is pretty good. <laughs> I really thought it was him. I hold it out at such an opportune moment, and here. Yeah. <laughs> Providential. I'll put it back in my pocket. Yeah, put that in your pocket. Like Darkseid, actually. Uh, I think like Thanos is a character in the Marvel universe. Like one of them is ripping off the other. So in okay. in that era in the seventies, all these characters were ripped off mm. from each other, and there's like duplicates. And Apocalypse is in that mold as well. Like the, for in, in that time, they had no problem liberally just having like, you know, in in the DC universe, there's like the Superman character. In the Marvel universe, there's like the Superman equivalent. You know, etc. Mm-hmm. Like there's always like mirrors. So that's like Sergeant Pepper's. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. The Beatles and Sergeant, you know, that band, Sergeant Pepper, that was. <laughs> it was ripping them off. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. One so we only lonely heart club. <laughs> we we meet Mystique. We meet Apocalypse. And again, I think I mentioned it in a previous podcast, but I love Mystique's yellowed skull belt, belt of skulls. I was just thinking that I never noticed that, yeah. or I don't remember it. Anyway. Do you think they're monkey skulls? I, that's just evil. That's like so gross. <laughs> or shrunken heads. But did you notice she they're also has one like oh, right sorry. at oh, yeah, yeah. the she, widow's peak? Yes. Yeah. Like on her Ooh. forehead also. Yeah. yeah. That's that's yes. a more wicked mystique so, than the movie mystique, what. in my opinion. But yeah, imagine seeing that in real life. That's terrifying. Well, I mean, yeah. if those are like the skulls that she's captured of the people that she emulates, <clears throat> or are they part of her body? Because well, they are. She, if she turns into changes. them, but she also killed them to get that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't. So when when she's not wearing the literal skin of the person, mm-hmm. her belt is showing their little skull. Their little skull. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think it's just a fashion choice. I, I don't think. <laughs> that's well, no, but her. is she wearing clothes or is it her? So she's wearing. Well, okay. So all right, she's wearing a white dress right. and a headdress really with cool a yellow belt. skull <laughs> too. Really cool. Um, designed by Alexander McQueen. <laughs> right. No, it's just her outfit. Collector item. But I mean, like she changes. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like change into a cop and like still wears the dress my theory is this that she 3d prints clothing as she transforms okay. into different character it's like so like it's spider-man's web in the movie not the show where it's a cartridge cartridge anyway i think in the show it's a cartridge too it, in the show it's a cartridge in, in one cartridge. of the movies it's it's part of him in the other movie it's a cartridge so i like the cartridge I like the cartridge too. Yeah, it's more realistic. Yeah, yes. definitely. Cartridge is way better. Um, but uh, so, but Mystique, anyway, back to Spider-Man. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> sorry, I'll always back to Dark Side. <laughs> um, I just wanted to mention her belt of skulls. I find that ridiculously. I'm so glad that terrifying. you brought it up because I couldn't stop thinking about it for like it like distracted <laughs> me from a, a, the big like climactic battle. Yeah. In the end, I was just like, but that skull belt though. Yeah, is that <laughs> holding up her pants? Or- <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> Where can I get one? No. Yeah, I want one of those too. Um, and then, uh, and then, like you know, this this episode's a little bit confusing plot wise because because everyone's talking about this Doctor Adler guy. Pyro and Avalanche get it into their heads like, let's kidnap this guy because everyone wants him. Mm-hmm. So they kidnap him, not knowing it's Mystique, who they're there to work for. They've come to Muir Island to work for Mystique, so that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, they get into a fight with Cable along the way. Uh, Cable like shoots them into the ocean. Uh, I love Cable's is... speeches, by the way. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No one else really gave. Granted, I haven't seen the show. I think in like twenty. That's fine. What <laughs> more? Twenty five. Um. Anyway, yes. we're, we're uh, aging. <laughs> but like, uh, sorry, 
but he no one else like gave them a speech about who he was like does mm. he always do that he's like I'm Cable and I have there's so many things about me well he's okay so at this <laughs> point, <laughs> I'm so complex yes no 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 he gave a speech about his character well that's what's cool about started. him because like he, he appeared in an earlier episode but he's uh-huh. very mysterious at this point we do not know where he's from or what his deal is they mention a backstory in the first episode but it's very quickly proven that that's like all a lie or it was like some something is not accurate about his backstory so up to this point cable is a mystery so we can just leave it at that he's just a man of mystery at this point good voice actor i think yes very badass and very sexily drawn cartoon yeah well, I mean, I'm everyone in the cable guy, everyone, <laughs> everyone in the show is like ridiculously good looking. I mean, this well, is like right. the, the show of like beautiful people, mutants, right? Mm-hmm. Except for the Morlocks, which is we talked about. Like right. Wolverine's a bit of a a toddler. <laughs> you like well, that's not to do with his it. looks. <laughs> no. Wolverine's he's rugged looking. He's not bad I mean, looking. Yeah, he's got some nice chest. He's hair. also like five foot two. Well, okay, but you know, he doesn't look five foot two. In hey, the, you know what? He is like, though. In the cartoon, he does. I think. Really? I, I don't I know think if he he's looks about the same height as the other characters. No, he's definitely no, shorter. He's way shorter. But he's got he, enough personality to make up for it. Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's in a big Napoleon complex. Um, so uh, there's a funny moment where uh, Cable throws a plasma grenade at Rogue who's trying to rescue Dr. Adler, who doesn't realize it's Mystique, and he spits, like, the grenade pin <laughs> at, on yeah. Mystique's head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, ping, yeah. but the Mystique as Dr. Adler. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, plasma grenade. <laughs> I love that! He That'd be one of the funniest everything. things I've witnessed in, in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really badass when you're in a war, you just, like, you throw a grenade and kill somebody and spit the For grenade no pin reason. at your, like, on, neighbor. On a scientist-looking <laughs> man. On <laughs> scientist. Yeah. Um, wait, he's... Lo- wait, okay, so back up. He is yeah. looking for Dr. Adler. Yes, because he... Okay, Cable's mission is that he wants to kill Adler because Adler designed the collars that suppress mutant powers. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you're a dangerous man. Too dangerous mm-hmm. to live. So With oh, Miles he's, yeah. Dyson. He's about or, to kill. Yeah, he's on your side of the fence of things. Yeah, that's right. Too the anti-mutant. Too dangerous to live. Yeah. yeah. I right. would say just put him anti- in prison, anti-mutant. you know? Reform. Mm. Wait. But he's I'm, not anti-mutant. He's just anti-Adler. Right? No, Cable's anti- no, yeah. Ca- Cable Cable's is pro a mutant. mutant. Cable's a mutant. Cable's, Cable's a, mutant. a good guy. Cable is, the, Cable is the, the son of Cyclops and Jean that they oh. had to send to the future and has returned to the past because... <laughs> you told us! <laughs> from like an alternate timeline. No, <laughs> it, this doesn't come up in the show. So it's not real. No it's not a real spoiler. It's like a comedy. I, I think it makes it better knowing this. Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, he is Jean's son. They briefly allude to it so in the Jean. show in like a very like super fast like like uh, like wink to the fans. But you have to be like a real in the deep like comic fan to know that mm-hmm. or so, listen to this podcast. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> not according to everybody. I got a really like like. Uh, I wouldn't call it nasty, but, like, a really critical comment from our first episode. Someone, like, got on me for saying... Because for, I said that Stan Lee created the X-Men. Which, listen, Stan Lee created the X-Men. <laughs> the guy, I think he, like, was upset because I didn't give credit to Jack Kirby, who's the artist that co-created the X-Men. Mm. Um, when I was talking at the time, I didn't want to, like, go into that, like, complex back history of where... Like, mm. And I'll say it right now, just real... Why, why not for this guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, Stan Lee took a lot probably took a lot more credit because he was more vocal about creating all his characters like he created Spider-Man X-Men the Hulk 
Daredevil, uh, Fantastic Four, like all these wonderful characters. But the reality is he co-created them with the artists. Mm-hmm. So he just like maybe came up with like the name or like a very general idea, and then the artist had to like draw it. Mm-hmm. And the way a Marvel comic was drawn in the '60s was that actually the the artist would draw the entire comic and all the action and like basically come up with the plot without words. Wow! And Stanley would just fill in the dialogue bubbles. Hmm. So, uh, but he did like he had input though too. So, right. yeah, so it was like it. It, a I don't know. creative process, really. Yeah, but in a way, the artist should get more credit than Stan. Like, that's what people's yeah, argument yeah, is. Yeah. Like, because the artist is, like, really creating the world and, like, making the look and, like... Right. Well, when you say that, he, that they draw It's it, called the Marvel Method, by the way. Oh. They draw... They, like, do they discuss the story? Yeah, so they, they do. They, they have a brief discussion, or maybe he writes a paragraph. Stanley's like, okay, this is what kind of happens. Like a treatment. Yeah, a treatment. Uh, yeah. Like a brief one-page treatment. And then the artist goes off, like, creates the whole thing in depth, and then Stanley just writes the dialogue bubbles mm-hmm. and then, but then at the, what happened was and I think this is where the sticking points are is that as it as they got like better at it and more successful Stan probably wasn't even writing treatments the artist was probably just like doing it all mm-hmm. and Stan just wrote the like the little dialogue bubbles he wasn't like even saying like oh this should happen next he's like just leave me a bubble <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't even know and it, that's very contentious too it's a very sensitive issue so Screw you, guy who says, like, I don't know about this stuff. I know about it. <laughs> it creates itself to a certain point. When the process is, like, yeah. like working so well, it creates itself. People yes. are just... All right, but that's a, that's a big aside. Um, and then, so then, uh, Cyclops and Jean show up. They join the fight with Cable. They're all trying to, like, everyone's confused because Mystique is Adler. Adler's Mystique. Um, Cable's confused, too. Um, Jean falls off a mountain, as she often does. <laughs> And and Rogue saves her. Classic Jean. I right. know, and so casually, that's what you were saying. Yeah, she, yeah. she's just like, oops. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I think about back to that X Men video game. Yeah, right. Her only purpose was to fly. Right, the Sega Genesis game. If you fall off a mountain, Jean Grey flies in and rescues oh, you. That's right. With her like mind lifting powers, yeah. but in this scenario, uh, Rogue swoops in and saves Jean, and like mm. Jean's like. You know, like eternally grateful. Obviously, like, you saved my life. What would I ever do without you? Yeah. Uh, or no, Cyclops says that because he loves Jean, and he's yeah, like, he says, I can never thank much, you. No idea how much this means to me. Or right. Like that, yeah. And then she rolls up with tears. Yeah. Yeah. And looks to the like the moon. Uh-huh. And it's like so sad. It's like a real anime moment. It's really yeah. beautiful. Like, <laughs> and then at that point, Rogue helps. Adler, who she doesn't know is Mystique, rebuild this complex machine that's since been destroyed. Like, so, somehow she puts it back together. Um, and she explains to Adler that, listen, I, I need to be a mutant. I need to help people with my powers. So she gets a little bit more acceptance. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a lesson well, we've learned. She's it's, rebuilding the thing that could destroy her. Because that's Adler's thing. Yeah, but she know? thinks that, like, she doesn't know it's for evil. Or not destroy her, but I mean, like... Right. She's rebuilding the thing that she is now choosing to reject. Yes. Well, she, well, she says it's not for me, but maybe for others. She yes. understands. Right, right. Getting back to that individual... individual. Yeah. Unlike Wolverine, who yeah, just thinks yeah. we're all together. <laughs> right. We're all on the same page, mm-hmm. that we all love but our no powers. no one machine. <laughs> right, and speaking of which, she runs into our friend Angel again, who's in his, like, awesome red and white spandex outfit um, from, like, the 70s comics. <laughs> Um, he's got like a cool like Halo logo on his chest and he's real jealous of Rogue because she can fly without wings Yeah, and he's like how do you fly without wings and she says I don't know I just do (laughs) (laughs) you're lucky and then she's like yeah right lucky and he flies off and she flies off but it was like a chance encounter that like Uh yeah yeah. I also think about like in my memory of it he's not like flapping his wings 
He's just up there, sort of like sitting there. Well, he flaps his wings. He's flapping his wings. But you're right. He's kind of like he's got he's got a lot of power with those wings. It's they're pretty good wings. They're good wings. All yeah, right. he can like hover. A little bit like nuclear panelist. Yeah. You know, like what? Know. Nuclear? Nuclear? Yeah. Like well, super nuclear. All right. I mean, you're like spoiling the next episode because <gasps> Angel goes. No he way. yeah. He wants Adler's treatment. So that's how the episode ends on the cliffhanger where he's being zapped with this machine that's going to turn him into a slave of Apocalypse, which is going to alter him and his wings in a way that's like way more than he was ever expecting. Is he going to become a bad guy forever? Well, that's a good question. Um, that's, we, we can get in that to is the next episode. Is anyone a bad guy forever? And what is a bad guy, really? Apocalypse. Apocalypse. And his final okay. line. <laughs> or dark side. Another nice transition. <laughs> Apocalypse's final line is completely badass. Um... He says, I know more of this world than you have ever dreamed. That is why I must destroy it. And what do you guys think of that? <laughs> That's I mean, awesome. He's not far off. I think everyone feels that so way. So do you think if you lived 5,000 years, like you'd feel like you'd have to destroy uh, the world? Yes, I would. Yeah. If yeah. I lived 5,000 years, it's just like war after war right. after like oppression after you're, oppression. You'd be like, this shit like, has ah, to end. that's it. I'm so... <laughs> yeah. I can't take any more of this. So you agree with Apocalypse? Well, I, 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 I don't think you... You, know, you can't necessarily <laughs> can or you can't, but the question is whether or not you like trust them or not. Because I feel like uh, oh, you don't really know what? what he knows and his opinion of it. Mm. You just want to know, like, is he, like, bad but so smart that maybe we're bad? Wow. Right. Like, he's offering on a whole other level of consciousness and, yeah. like, cosmic, like, psychedelic insanity. Like we have to <laughs> fight, you know. But. I mean, I guess bad for us because we get blown up. Yeah, but we're the mean- sheep. Maybe, yeah, we're, so maybe we're poisonous maybe we like, to this earth. Maybe we like being blown up. We don't know. Well, that's what Apocalypse been blown he, up? He thinks we're <laughs> asking for it. <laughs> maybe that's the point of X-Men. Yeah. What, to like make us like... Maybe hunt. death is cool. <laughs> <laughs> on that note... <laughs> um, that, um, so, uh, this is the suicide episode. <laughs> yeah. And drink your Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's really 50-50. Yeah, let's, up. let's talk about 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> no, you guys know about this? No, no I don't know. Let's not go there. Let's not go there, though. Yeah, um, um, I'm scared. I just want to say... Um, I think that about wraps it up here. I want to say, please find us on Facebook, the X-Men Task Podcast. Just search it out. It's a Facebook group. Join. Uh, we'll add you. You can ask us questions. We'll read them on the air. Um, follow me on Facebook at Willie Simpson. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Raise five stars. Tell your friends. Um, you can get the podcast wherever they can be found. And that's all I have to say. Let's go around the room. Sonia, do you have anything to say um, or add uh, before we go? You good? I'm good. All right. Katie. <laughs> uh, powerful words. I want to piggyback on that <laughs> <laughs> silence alright George I can't think of anything alright covered it all I'm the only one who promotes my Twitter handle and I'm rapidly approaching 100 followers nice <laughs> what was yeah. that yeah oh, yeah great. give it out yeah it's, it's at K-A-T-Y underscore I-R-W-I-N yep the best Twitter handle of them all I like I'll follow you if you follow me Katie underscore Orin. yeah please I oh, will sweet you'll be lucky number 95 <laughs> George, you on Twitter? No. Well, Cal Dodd is <laughs> the voice of Wolverine, and he follows us. Oh, and well, it won't find me. <laughs> yeah. really so like we love you, Cal. We love you, Wolverine. <laughs> All right. Um, until next time, uh, at next episode, episode 10, uh, I forget the name, so whatever. Just join us for episode 10. Um, that's all I got. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night.
Thank Bye. you. Good night.